Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages situations. Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. Turn the wheel. No, reverse. Reverse. Slow the down. Don't kill it. Kill it. Kill the motor. There's a reason they say cursed like a sailor. In reverse. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Well, we're docked now. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm your host, Keith Smith. We are part of the Almighty Baller Network. We are going to break down some of the off-season moves. We last talked to you when we did a deep dive on everything that happened at the NBA draft. I'm joined by my buddy, Pete Toll. Pete, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Keith. Uh, ready to talk some uh, free agency. Yeah, absolutely. It all kicks off tonight at midnight on the East Coast, so we're about three and a half hours out. Hopefully the show will get up before then, and uh, we'll ha- be able to, to get you to do a quick listen, or you can see where Pete and I were completely wrong on um, mm-hmm. what's happening here. But we're going to jump right into it. So the big move since we last talked was Chris Paul traded from the Los Angeles Clippers to the Houston Rockets. As the reports go, Paul met with the Clippers and explained to them, I'm going to the Rockets, whether I sign there or you trade me there so you might as well trade me there I'll opt into the last year of my contract and then you can get something for me in trade and that's exactly what happened and for Chris Paul the Clippers did get something they got a lot of something they got Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell, Deron Hilliard, DeAndre Liggins, Lou Williams, Kyle Wilcher, and a first-round pick. So that first-round pick is top three protected. I don't think the Clippers need to worry about that too much. I can't see any circumstance where the Rockets finish in the bottom three in the league. Um, That would be a complete shock and an upset. But, Pete, give me your quick thoughts. Chris Paul to the Rockets, what do you think about this move? Um, Well, I'll I'll actually go back to the Clippers first. I think they – did the best they could in the scenario. I think it was actually um, very good of Chris Paul to say, hey, you know, I'll opt in, you know, try to get you um, something back in return. Um, Many people kind of slammed it that, um, you know, some of the guys that they got were not worth what Chris Paul is worth. But you got to look at it that L.A. was not going to be able to to get marquee free agents in there, not with – you know, their cap situation and things like that. So getting Lou Williams, getting Montrez Harrell, getting a defender in Patrick Beverly at the point guard spot, that's pretty good. And then you've got an up-and-coming um, potential um, starter in Sam Decker, who, if everybody remembers, was injured his rookie season. So last year was his first real test in Houston, and he did well. Um, flipping it over to the Houston side of things, people were criticizing the CP3 and James Harden fit, um, but if you go back to 2015, 
James Harden wanted Ty Lawson so that way he could play off the ball more. Um, Chris Paul will be able to limit the turnovers on offense as well as give a you know different dynamic in the mid-range area, which Houston obviously does not utilize right now. Um, he'll be able to take late-game pressure off of James Harden um, to have to facilitate where those costly turnovers um, happened last year, you know, as he got fatigued. Um, and now it will just allow him to um, score, you know, a little bit more ISO situations, get spot up, um, you know, basically from the three-point line. And if you look at the advanced stats, James Harden actually was contested the most on three-point attempts in the league last year. Um, so I think it's actually going to go really well. Um, I don't think you're going to see the ball dominance that people are, are worried about. Um, two marquee guys will, will learn to, to play together. Now, it might take them, you know, 10, 12 games to, to get a rhythm down, but I think in that offense with Mike D'Antoni, you know, they're golden. Yeah, you know, people are making a big deal. You kind of touched on it of both of these guys need the ball all the time and they have to, you know, are they going to be able to work together? And I go to two things is, one, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade made it work when they were both ball-dominant players. The second is talented players always can come together and figure out a way. James Harden was extremely worn down by the end of last season. You could see it in the Spurs series in the playoffs. He just didn't have a lot left. That was because Mike D'Antoni's system is really taxing on players. One, they play at an extremely high pace. Two, they end up asking a lot of very few guys. He only generally runs an eight to maybe nine-man rotation at the most, and that becomes really tough on players. So with Chris Paul there now, he's going to have a partner who can run pick and roll occasionally instead of Harden running it one, two, three, four times sometimes on a trip. Paul will come in there, help him out. James Harden himself said he wants to get back to playing off the ball, slash and kick a little bit more, and it'll be really interesting. I think they'll make it work just fine. On the Clippers side, they have already released Darren Hilliard. He was never really part of the the plan there. What Houston had to do in order to make this trade was and get it in in this current league year before the league year turns over. They had to pick up a bunch of non-guaranteed contracts. Now, they ultimately only used two of them in this deal, Darren Hilliard and DeAndre Liggins. But Houston also went out and acquired Ryan Kelly from the Atlanta Hawks, Jared Utah from the Dallas Mavericks, Tim Quarterman from the Portland Trailblazers, and Sean Long from the Philadelphia 76ers. And what the Rockets are doing is they are basically paying cash, and in the case of the long trade, they paid out a pick, second-round pick, to get these players to bring them in so that they can use them as cheap salary balancer in trades. And they did it with Chris Paul. They're looking to do it again in another trade, whether that be Paul George, who's rumored. Um, we'll have to see. So that's where, you know, Houston is really trying to set up the deck here. They've got their two superstars now. Now they're trying to go out and get a third one. And we'll see where that ultimately goes. Now, moving on to another trade. This one just happened today. And, again, this is not an agreed-to trade that will take place in a week or so. This happened today is a done deal. Ricky Rubio traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Utah Jazz for a 2018 first-round pick. This is a pick that the Jazz owned from the Oklahoma City Thunder. It is lottery protected, which isn't really a challenge, so it should convey next year, barring the Thunder taking a major step back. And then it eventually down the line in a few years turns into a second, two second-round picks. But I don't think that's a concern. I think that the Timberwolves will end up seeing that pick. But the Jazz did this for 
Two reasons. Why they did it now was they still had $16 million in cap space that was going to expire in just a few hours. So they made this move now to pick up and get um, Rubio into that cap space. Also, Utah has George Hill as a free agent this year, and George Hill was going to be due a pretty big payday with Gordon Hayward and a hopeful return for the Jazz, hoping to get him back into town, and also Joe Ingles as a restricted free agent. The Jazz were looking at adding a ton of salary to what had been a fairly clean cap sheet. I just said they had $16 million in space. They were looking at potentially being a luxury tax team by the time they re-signed all those guys. So if Hill gets a deal somewhere in 18 to 20 million range, which is certainly possible, and that likely would have been what it would have taken for Utah to retain him, now they replaced him with Rubio, who makes 14 million. So it's going to help them keep the payroll down if they are able to retain Gordon Hayward and Joe Ingles. On the T-Wolf side, it was just time to move on from Rubio. Reports are all ready, and I'm going to head Go ahead and guess that this will be our first official signing of a free agent to change teams, that Jeff Teague is going to sign with the Minnesota Timberwolves shortly after midnight or agree to sign because none of these deals can become official until a little bit down the line here in a week or so after the moratorium. Really, the moratorium has been shortened. I should stop saying that. It's only five days now, so July 6th. But, Pete, what are your thoughts on Ricky Rubio to Utah? Uh, Rubio going to Utah gives them another defender um, that basically can get in the passing lane, get steals, um, obviously very gifted passer. I worry now, though, because the reports were that Gordon Hayward, you know, was adamant that George Hill comes back. I worry about Hayward coming back to the Jazz. If he does not come back to the Jazz, they have to scramble for uh, a plan B. Uh, for the small forward spot with, you know, a couple names out there, and we'll, we'll you know, get to that at another time. But um, I think Rubio fits fits very well with them. I really can see him elevating Rudy Gobert's offensive game, you know, more lobs, um, things like that. And flipping over to Minnesota side, I don't know how – I mean, I, I'd have to kind of think on it a little more, but initial reaction – um, to Jeff T um, going to Minnesota, I was like, eh, maybe. I would have rather have had uh, George Hill or swing for the fences and go for Kyle Lowry. But I like T off the ball because you do have Jimmy Butler there that can handle um, the ball as well. And Thibodeau likes to play his starters, you know, insane minutes. So it'll be good for um, Jeff T's overall um, value. Um, since he did play, you know, pretty, pretty fairly well uh, for the Pacers last season. Yeah, and I look at it as Jeff Teague is a guy who he got that experience playing off the ball a lot in uh, Indiana this year because Paul George has it a lot, Monte Ellis had it a lot. They made sure to get plenty of touches for Thaddeus Young and Miles Turner. So Teague is used to that. Whereas Rubio, if he's an off the ball guy, which he was going to have to be with Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns, he's just not going to fill that role really well. So ultimately, what happens for um, Rubio in Utah is now he gets bagged on because he doesn't shoot the ball, but he's an elite ball handler, an elite passer, and a very good defender. So he's going to fit in perfectly. The Jazz are on a very tight, structured system. I think he will fit into that well, but he also may open it up just slightly with his ball handling and passing. So I really like this move. I think this is something that makes a lot of sense for um, 
both teams involved, especially if the Wolves come away with Jeff Teague. And it looks like we're seeing those Minnesota Timberwolves after a decade-plus out of the playoffs. Looks like they're going to be back, which is super exciting for everybody to see Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins playing meaningful games late into the season. That'll be something that I know I personally have been looking forward to for quite some time. But now what Pete and I want to do again um, here, we focus on all 30 teams, and we're going to just do a quick rundown to get you ready for free agency, whether your team makes a big move this evening at midnight or just after or not, or they're, they're moving into it a little bit later into the day. We're going to get you ready for where these teams are, where everybody sits. Again, you're listening to the NBA front office with Keith Smith and Pete Toll is joining me. We are part of the Almighty Baller Network and the Dash Radio team. What we're going to do now is we're just going to go team by team, alphabetically by city. That way no one can call us playing favorites on anybody. We're just going to go through where they sit, their max cap space, their projected cap space. By the time you were listening to this, I hope to have an updated version of my NBA salary and roster sheets posted. You can always find that link to that on my Twitter timeline, at KeithSmithNBA. You will see that up there. But we're just going to go through and give you a little flavor of what's happened in the last couple of days with these teams leading up to this and where they're at projected cap space-wise. So let's kick it off with the Atlanta Hawks. I project them to start the summer over the cap. That is mainly due to the Paul Millsap cap hold being so large. So they'll be over the cap, but they can get to a max cap space of about $30 million or so. They did waive Mike Dunleavy this today um, to clear him. Now, they did have to eat $1.6 million on Mike Dunleavy. Pete, any thoughts on the Hawks real quick? Um, as far as them, I mean, I don't think they're going to bring back Millsap. So, um, this is really the big decision that they're going to have to make is whether they retain Mascala and Tim Hardaway Jr. I think Mascala could potentially come back because I think he can fill a um, good role with kind of what they're going for. I don't know that I overpay. If you can get Tim Hardaway Jr. cheap, then bring him back, but don't go crazy and overpay him. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. The only way the Tim Hardaway thing gets complicated is if Brooklyn or or Philadelphia or one of these teams with cap space throws a big offer sheet at him and makes it hard on the um, – the Hawks to match that. So now let's move on to the Boston Celtics. They did give Kelly Olynyk. They tendered him a qualifying offer that makes him a restricted free agent. That doesn't mean that he's on the books permanently. He's not going to sign the qualifying offer. He can make more money as a free agent. But the Celtics, $33 million max cap space. Really, that's that should be less than to closer to the $29 million-ish range. And then $17.7 million in projected space is what I have them hitting the summer with. They can get there if they need to, but I don't think they're going to do that unless they need to. Now, they hope to. They're going to meet with Gordon Hayward on Sunday. Hayward's going to meet with the Miami Heat first on Saturday to open his free agent tour, then Boston, then give Utah that last word, which leaves us again in suspense on July 4th with the best, most likely to move free agent on the market, it being Gordon Hayward making a decision potentially as early as July 4th. And this is after Kevin Durant did this last year where he had to make his decision on July 4th. He didn't have to, but made his decision on July 4th on going to the Golden State Warriors after taking his meeting. Pete, it's it's Gordon Hayward or bust somewhat for the Celtics, right? Exactly. And it's about time Danny Ainge cashes in on, on some of those assets. I know we've talked about this for what, three years now that it's like, all right, what's he going to do? Is he going to trade for a superstar? I think if you can land Hayward, then you go right around and, and try to 
um, you know, packing some assets, get Paul George in there, um, and swing for the fences and, and try to take out Cleveland. Um, Olenek, I don't think he's going to come back. I could see somebody, um, you know, like a Dallas Mavericks throwing an offer at him and, and getting him um, on the team. I think it's it's time for Olenek to get a little bit change of scenery. The other guys that are free agents for, for Boston, none of those guys um, really stand out as, as having to be someone that they need to bring back. Maybe a Gerald Green if you, you know, need an end-of-the-bench guy later on, on a minimum deal or something like that. Yeah, and, and that's where the Celtics are going to be is it's going to be go big and then look to fill out, or if not, then they'll fill out with targeted veterans and try to roll this over and get back at it again in a year or so and see what they can do there. So moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, about $30 million or so in max cap space. I project them at about 28. That's due to keeping some non-guaranteed deals. They did go ahead and make Joe Harris and Sean Kilpatrick fully guaranteed. Brooklyn is likely to play that restricted free agent game again, chase them guys, maybe Otto Porter, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, potentially Nerlens Noel if if the Mavericks don't lock him up right away. The Nets are going to make it painful on teams if they can get those players to sign offer sheets. Is that where you see Brooklyn once again? Yeah, they're going to do everything they can. If they can't win out on a big free agent, they're going to try to disrupt it so somebody else has to just swallow that poison pill, so to speak. Um, And I think they do kind of get a a mid- mid-tier guy, so I, I think they, you know, luck out there. I just don't see them landing a guy like KCP or Otto Porter because I think both Detroit and Washington do what they can to bring them both back. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, though. Both of those teams have no way to replace either one of those players if they lose them because neither one of those teams can really get to any meaningful amount of cap space. So moving on to the Charlotte Hornets, this one's really quick. They have no cap space. They they are completely maxed out. They did drop under the tax line because they, they waived their right to pick up the team option on Ramon Sessions, so he is going to be an unrestricted free agent. They also did the same for Christian Wood, who they could make a restricted free agent, but they will not. They will make him unrestricted as well. And the Hornets, their their big thing is if they use their non-taxpayer mid-level exception, they will end up slightly over the luxury tax amount. So Hornets really kind of, it is what you see is what you get. So now we'll move into the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls made two big moves today. They waived Rajon Rondo and Isaiah Cannon. They also did not tender a qualifying offer to Michael Carter-Williams, the former Rookie of the Year, just a completely steep fall from grace for him. He will now be an unrestricted free agent. The Bulls have opened up cap space, so I project them to be just over $22 million, $22.3 million to be exact. They could get to a max of about $30 million or so if they let some other guys go, which they do not seem very likely to do. What are your thoughts on Chicago getting rid of Rondo, Cannon, and Carter Williams. Well, Michael Carter Williams is headed for China. Um, that's about kind of the option of where he is. I don't no, think I'm going bu- were- to bump in real quick. Sorry. Um, reported that the Oklahoma City Thunder have interest in Carter Williams, which kind of makes sense for them because they're they're uh, they're backward behind Russell Westbrook at the point guard situation stinks. Uh, so, yeah. You know, Samaj Kristen, I, I like him plenty, but, you know, he's he's a third guy at best, and Norris Cole was not the answer. So, you know, if they could snag Carter Williams for cheap, it, it might not be the worst move. I'd rather have I'd rather have Brad Wanamaker um, as, a, as a backup right now, even though he's never played in the NBA, um, you know, season bet in, in Europe than Michael Carter Williams. But just my personal preference. But um, with Cannon – 
you know, he'll he'll get a third string job somewhere uh, for a team. You know, nothing really important with Rondo. Um, not overly surprised because they're going the youth movement. But I think with Chicago, they focus on Miritich coming back. That's going to be their big thing. Joffrey Laverne um, is going to come back uh, probably as the you know fourth or fifth big man um, on the roster. And then the decision they have to make is Cristiano Felicio. Um, what are they going to be able to do with him? Because if a team like, say, Atlanta or um, Brooklyn or somebody throws an offer at him, you know, do you max that offer? Um, I know Cristiano is only 24 and, and has some upside, but, you know, how much do you really, you know, spend on him? And then you've got to look at, with Chicago, they've got to focus on on shooting, you know, from the um, small forward spot. They've got to fill that. Um, probably get another big in there. I think they're set at point guard and, and two guard, um, unless something drastic happens with a buyout with, with Dwayne Wade. Yeah, you would hope. So, you know, just in the interest of time, we're going to pick up the pace here on a couple of these teams. So the Cleveland Cavaliers, they've done nothing. That's what happens when you don't have a general manager. Um, you know, so there's really nothing to talk about there. We know they're still interested in Paul George, but that's going to have to be some form of three-team trade for them to pull that off. Cle- Cleveland will do something. They'll make some sort of move. Um, maybe, you know, they bring back Kyle Korver, who's a free agent. That would make a lot of sense for them, but we'll see. So moving on to the Dallas Mavericks. They did not pick up their team option on Dirk Nowitzki. Now, don't be worried. That just means they're freeing up cap space. Dirk will get whatever they have left. They did pick up an, or issue a qualifying offer to Nerlens Noel. He will be a restricted free agent. All signs are that they intend to keep him. Dallas has about $16 million in cap space um, with Noel's cap hold on there. So they'll, they'll make a move to look to add another player. They did say today that Devin Harris and Salah Mejri will both end up being fully guaranteed. They have no plans to waive either player. So we'll ultimately see with the Mavericks. They're going to look to add someone who can help them probably offensively from the the wing, and then Dirk will be brought back. They'll look to they'll re-sign Noel and have him in the fold, and that'll be where the Mavericks are with them. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, unless you had any real thoughts on Dallas, Pete. No, I think I think Noel goes back to Dallas. I don't think anybody else swoops in and gets him. Yeah, I could see Brooklyn maybe playing games there, but but I think Dallas will look to act quickly and get Noel wrapped up. So moving on to the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Denver Nuggets are in an interesting situation. They have um, Miles Plumlee. They did give him a qualifying offer. They can have a bunch of cap space, but it really depends on what happens with Danilo Gallinari. Sounds like they're still somewhat interested in retaining him, and if they do, then they'll keep his cap hold on the books. If, if they have another target in mind, they'll, they'll dump his cap hold very quickly. One guy I really like for Denver, and I would be really um, on the lookout for this, is Paul Millsap. He makes a ton of sense next to Nikola Jokic. He would help grow up the roster a little bit as a you know proven seasoned veteran. And Denver had interest in trading for him when he was on the trade market about a day or two last uh, uh, winter. So what are your thoughts on Denver, specifically Millsap? With Millsap, I think it's a perfect fit, and that's actually where I had him. Either he lands there, or um, if Phoenix misses out on Blake Griffin, uh, then I think he could land there. But I think he fits better in Denver. The other option that's been thrown out there is Kevin Love, but I don't know how realistic you know that scenario is um, overall. We know crazy rumors get thrown out there. Yeah, um, I think that, I'm sorry, oh. on the Kevin Love one, it sounds like they are not willing to be the team that pays the Pacers to get – um, 
so that Cleveland can get Paul George just to get Kevin Love on the Nuggets. They're not going to give up Jamal Murray or um, Gary Harris in that trade, and that's what the Pacers would absolutely have to have. So I don't – Kevin Love, while he would fit well, especially with them offensively, they, they would instantly become one of the absolute best offenses in the league when they're already pretty close to that anyway. But I just – I can't see a matchup happening there. And just real quick, um, with Plumlee, um, you have to basically bring him back because otherwise you're, you know, what, what was the point of, of losing Nurkic there, um, you know, in that trade? I, I think Plumlee fits that offense well and, and, you know, gives you good backup depth uh, yeah. behind Jokic. Yeah, absolutely. And they really, you know, then they, they don't have another center on the roster. So I do think Plumlee will be back. So moving on to the Detroit Pistons, this one's pretty simple as well. They gave Contavious Caldwell-Pope a qualifying offer to keep him around, and then um, they, they can't replace him. They don't have enough cap space to do anything if he leaves. The most they could get to is about $1.5 million or so, and that's not even overly realistic that they would even get to that. They're basically capped out. What The unfortunate thing for them is they're probably going to be a tax team because they're only about $15 million shy, and I'm going to guess that Caldwell-Pope makes more than $15 million in the first year of his new contract. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, there is, he is going to be well paid. Um, and the, the sad part about it is is that um, for Detroit, it kind of limits them going forward. They're going to have to make a decision wh- whether it's Reggie Jackson or Andre Drummond. One of those guys um, eventually gets moved around. Um, another thing to, to note for Detroit this year is they're probably going to lose Aaron Baines, um, who's also – uh, a free agent. So that leaves uh, Bohan Marjanovic um, as the, the backup center. So we get to see uh, Bohan um, as, uh, you know, may, some maybe major minutes there um, in Detroit. So that's actually a good thing uh, yeah, for all the Bohan fans out there. Yeah, yeah and, and I know we've all been kind of waiting on that one to come. So so I'm going to go rapid fire through the next few teams because we all know what the story is with these. Golden State Warriors, they're going to re-sign Stephen Curry to a full max contract using the new designated player veteran extension rules. They will also um, sign Kevin Durant. He will give up some money if necessary to help them retain Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston, or at least Andre Iguodala. Iguodala is going to take some meetings. He's going to meet with the San Antonio Spurs and the Sacramento Kings. Sounds like those meetings will happen this evening, early on in the wee hours of the morning as free agency opens. But ultimately, I would hope that the Warriors don't let having to pay the the luxury tax break up a good thing there. It's you know just get it done and bring that group back together. We already talked about the Rockets. They they acquired Chris Paul. They're going to still go in to try to get another superstar, whether that be Paul George of Indiana or not. Daryl Morey's always got things going on there. If not, they'll roll into the regular season with the roster they have, and Morey will continue to tinker with it as he always does. The Indiana Pacers. It's all about Paul George. Sounds like Jeff Teague is out the door no matter what. That's probably because Teague knows that Paul. George is headed out of town. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, and we'll see where they ultimately go. Then the Los Angeles Clippers, we talked about it with them. Their other two big decisions are Blake Griffin and J.J. Redick. Griffin is going to be a free agent. He's meeting with other teams. Sounds like he's going to meet with the Phoenix Suns, uh, potentially the Miami Heat. The Boston Celtics have interest there as well. Redick has been long rumored to the Knicks, the 76ers, the Nets, just about any team that has cap space. Sounds like he is headed out of town. If Griffin leaves, it's time for the Clippers to blow it up and rebuild, right? 
Absolutely. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that, that Griffin, you know, could end up because he's not he's not going to have a facilitator um, on that team to, to get him quality looks. So if you are the Clippers, you end up losing Blake Griffin, you know, J.J. Redick, you've got to move DeAndre Jordan, just blow it up all the way completely. Redick, I, I would love to see in, in Philadelphia, as we talked about before. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to the Los Angeles Lakers, they did pick up their team option on David Nwaba. Now, they're probably not going to do a whole heck of a lot. They might um, not even end up with cap space. It all depends really on what they do with some of their free agents, guys like Nick Young and the like. If the Lakers don't go the cap space route, that's fine. All that they're going to look to do is add maybe one or two guys who can help them be competitive this coming season because they have no incentive to be a bad team while they keep their future flexibility for free agent runs at Paul George in 2018 and potentially even LeBron James. Now, moving on to the Memphis Grizzlies. This is a team that is, again, essentially capped out with no flexibility to do anything. They do have some key free agents, Zach Randolph, Tony Allen. It's likely that the Grizzlies will look to bring those guys back because if they leave, they have no way to replace them. Miami Heat, the Heat are really going to sit in a great spot, cap space-wise, they will waive Chris Bosh officially. That has not happened yet. For all those people who are asking, that has not happened. They will waive him as soon as they need to to open up cap space. That agreement is already in place. It is done. They can get to about $37 million or so in max cap space, or a touch less than that, probably closer to 35 I have them projected just under that due to keeping Okara White on the roster. And we'll see where they ultimately go with that. They're going to be in the mix for all the big free agents. They're getting one of the early meetings with Gordon Hayward, as I mentioned. They're rumored to be trying to meet with Blake Griffin, and they are still in the mix for Paul George if they can make something happen, but the challenge there is limited assets. Who do you think the Heat come away from this free agent period with? Oh, well, I think they throw money at, at their own guys in, in Waiters and um, James Johnson, but oh, that's hard. Um, yeah, that's an it, option, though. That that could be it. If they strike out on the big guys, then they'll roll back a lot, similar to what they look now. Um, probably, again, on shorter-term deals, trying to maintain that flexibility going forward. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see a guy like Blake Griffin um, go to uh, Miami because he can handle the ball a little bit, and that actually puts Goran Dragic off the ball some where he you know plays pretty well. Um, I, it's hard to say. Um, it's Pat Riley, so you know when you're sitting across the table from Pat Riley, I mean anything goes. Um, yeah, two two names I'm going to give you to watch out for there: Danilo Gallinari and Rudy Gay. They need a wing score, especially at that small forward position. I think either one of those guys would help immediately if they can get them cheap enough and on a short term contract. I think those will be two guys that that the Heat could go with. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks Spencer Hawes picked up his player option, which eliminated any chance the Bucks had at having any sort of cap space. They also did issue a qualifying offer to Tony Snell, which makes him a restricted free agent. They really have to match an offer on Snell as long as it doesn't get completely a ludicrous um, type offer because without Jabari Parker healthy to start the year, they really need Snell on the wing with Chris Middleton, and he played quite well for them. Unfortunately, matching any sort of reasonable offer for Snell even is going to make them a luxury tax team this year, but you know that that's the price you pay when you're trying to be good and, and they're growing this young group together. The bigger thing for the Bucks for me to watch is later on this uh, fall, right before the season starts, is do they 
they sign Jabari Parker to an extension, or does he get too restrictive free agency next year? My guess is until they see him healthy and back on the court, they've got to let him get to restrictive free agency. Thoughts exactly. on the Bucks. Oh, so you're there with me, so I, th- I think that covers mm-hmm. that one. Um, so the Minnesota Timberwolves, we already talked about Ricky Rubio on that trade. One other thing the Timberwolves did, a little bit of a surprise, they did give a qualifying offer to Shabazz Muhammad. He does not fit defensively at all because he doesn't play any, and Tom Thibodeau does not like that, but he is a versatile wing scorer off their bench. He's been quite good, and now after the Rubio trade, I project the Wolves to have about $24.7 million in cap space. If they go ahead and dump Muhammad, they're going to have about $31 million in cap space. Now, a lot of that's going to get eaten up if they do sign Jeff Teague um, right away, and then they'll move on to exceptions and they'll like to fill out the roster. Um, still look for them to get another veteran big to come in and be a backup as well as a 3 and D type wing. Um, you know, you've got some uh, some of the guys who fit um, for them quite well. But any additional thoughts on Minnesota beyond the Rubio trade? I wouldn't be shocked to see another shooter there as well, like a C.J. Miles slotting in, um, you know, coming off the bench or something like that. Um, yeah, Miles you know, would fit that 3 and D role for, for mm-hmm. them because he, he's, not, he's not a great, you know, all-world defender, but he's not a bad one. Yeah, I, I kind of like that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, New, New Orleans Pelicans. Not not much here, not much going on. It's it's all about Drew Holiday. If Drew Holiday comes back, which sounds like he's going to, um, from the most recent reports today, there was a lot of talk about the mutual respect they have for each other and how much he loves that the Tim, or excuse me, the Pelicans took care of him when he had his personal situation last year. So I would expect to see Drew Holiday back, and then I would expect to see his brother Justin join them, which actually isn't just a you know do a thought for Drew, Justin fills a need for them as a wing shooter because they, they certainly don't have any. He would almost be, be the best wing shooter on the roster um, right off the bat. So any quick thoughts on New Orleans? They, they have to get shooting, um, and they have to get um, a couple uh, more front court guys that can actually do something off the bench just to fill in because Omar Ashik, another year of just watching him, is just not going to be something that I, I think Pelicans fans – you know, want to see coming off the bench. Um, but I think they'll, they'll do okay. You know, bringing Holiday back is, is the first step, and, and I think it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And then moving to the New York Knicks. So here the big move is Phil Jackson's gone and Carmelo Anthony isn't. That you know comes as somewhat of a surprise. Anthony wins that war of attrition. Phil Jackson was let go. Um, they, they say mutual parting, but I don't know how much I believe that one. But Carmelo is uh, no longer – or Carmelo is there. Phil Jackson is no longer there. The Knicks, I project them to have about $14 million in cap space. They can get to a max of about $16 million, $18 million, uh, realistically. They did give a qualifying offer to Ron Baker. They waived Maurice Endor um, today. So I would expect the Knicks to be in the mix for a, for a veteran point guard, but that point guard does no longer sounds like it will be Derrick Rose. That sounds like he was a Phil Jackson decision, and they are not going to go in that direction. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they are completely capped out. That is because extensions kick in for Steven Adams and Victor Oladipo. Uh, This year, after they signed those last offseason, those both kick in. Their big decision is Andre Robertson and how far they go. What's the max offer you would match on Andre Robertson? Oh, um... Knowing, let, let me put this out there while you're thinking about it, knowing it would make the Oklahoma City Thunder a taxpayer because they are barely under the tax as it is. I, I really wouldn't go uh, 
that far for it, um, honestly, because obviously he's a great defender, but offensively it's just so bad. Um, it's, to be honest, it's, it's you know hard. I mean, he's likely to look <laughs> around $12 million a year, I would say, but I, I'd be hard-pressed to say $12 million a year, like maybe $9 million a year or so, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Hard. His free agency for me is fascinating because we're going to find out how much teams will pay for a guy who only plays defense because he is horrendous on the offensive end <laughs> in every yeah. form and fashion. You know, so it will be really interesting to see. One quick note on them: they did pick up their team option on Jeremy Grant. Um, that is cheap production for them, um, so they they are bringing him back. The Orlando Magic—they're sitting in the same spot they were about a week ago, about twelve point nine projected cap space. That's about where they'll come in. The Magic are going to probably sit out the early waves of free agency, and then they'll look for bargains on the back end. Ideally, they would get another uh, shooter in there that's uh, it's still a hole on the roster. Philadelphia 76. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I, I was going to say, I want to go to Orlando real quick. Just a quick rumor is they're targeting Joe Ingles, and it's a four-year, $60 million range deal. Yeah, that is out there. And that, you know, Ingles would be perfect for them. Um, he would make a ton of sense. We'll just have to see. It, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on Utah if Orlando does get him to sign an offer sheet like that because that starts to push Utah's salary numbers up very, very high. Well, then Hayward is, is really good friends with Ingles, and they share the same agent. So that's all ties into the whole bureaucracy behind yeah. the scenes. So. <laughs> yeah, and that stuff definitely does matter. Um, as we move on to Philadelphia, they waived Gerald Henderson today. Do not be surprised if they have the roster spot available if Henderson is back. They love everything he did for them. I've mentioned it before. He was the grown-up in the locker room. They are. I project them to have just shy of $47 million in cap space. So plenty of room to add a J.J. Redick. Even if it's on a one- or two-year massive overpay, they can do that. They are going to be in really good shape to add a major free agent. I know you're the Philly guy, so if there is one free agent out there, take out the Gordon Haywards, the Kevin Durants, any of the max, you know, super max free agent guys that are not going to go to Philadelphia. Who's the guy you really want them to come away with this summer? J.J. Redick. Um, you know, phenomenal shooter. I think he fits well, good veteran. Um, and don't forget that they brought over, although he's not going to play, um, Furkan Korkmaz um, is officially coming over to Philadelphia this year as well. He's probably going to be, um, you know, in the, D, in the G League um, for most of the season, but he is coming over. Absolutely. So we are running out of time, so we're going to pick up the pace here. The Phoenix Suns, they're sitting in a spot where they can get to a whole bunch of cap space, you know, up close to $30 million if they really need to um, to, to do that to get there, or they could, could potentially move some contracts if they really had to do that. They're going to meet with Blake Griffin. Sounds like they're going to try to meet with Paul Millsap. One little note, his brother Elijah is on the Suns, currently on a non-guaranteed deal. Um, so you might have a little bit of a family connection there. The, the Suns, you know, God bless them. They're going to continue to keep trying um, until they get somebody. The Portland Trailblazers, they're completely capped out. They are way over the tax. They actually currently, as it stands today, even more so than the Cleveland Cavaliers, the most expensive roster in the entire NBA 
So the Portland Trailblazers, they did weigh Festus Azili. They're going to eat a $1 million guarantee on that, but that's better than the nearly $8 million he was going to be on the books for. We don't know if Azili will ever play again after um, undergoing multiple knee surgeries. Portland's they're, they're not going to do much, if anything. Um, maybe if Paul Allen says, fine, I'll pay a little bit more in the tax, I'll go you know, do that. Um, we'll see what else they can do. The Sacramento Kings next up on the list, they did waive Aaron Aflalo and ain't the $1.5 million guaranteed to him. They had no qualifying offer issued to Ben McLemore. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. They did that because they already have Buddy Heald. He essentially took McLemore's spot. But the Kings, I project them in a $52.8 million in cap space uh, this summer. They could get to a max of a but that's about the max they can get to because they're not going to um, waive their draft picks. Some of that is going to go to Bogdan Bogdanovich, whose draft rights they acquired from Phoenix at the 2016 NBA draft. It is reported he's going to sign a three-year, $36 million contract. Pete, the Kings, real quick, should they go all in and look to add another veteran or two or just see, if, see what kind of bargains and steals they can get? Well, with Bogdanovich, I think they tapered off. I think it dropped down to $27 million. I think they, uh, the second report came out that it was a little bit more realistic. Okay. But could be could be wrong there. But um, I think that they swing for the fences. I know it's reported with Iguodala um, getting the meeting with them. I think they go all in and get the defense of Iguodala to go with their scoring of Buddy Heald and, um, you know, those guys. I think that um, Iguodala, if, if I remember correctly, his last free agency – he almost signed with Sacramento. Um, and I think Sacramento actually pulls through and gets him as weird as that sounds. And, you know, people are probably scoffing at that. I would not be shocked because if you're getting a bunch of money, you get to start at the small forward spot and be the, you know, lead anchor of the defense, you know, go for it. Yeah, and for Iguodala, it'll really come down to does he want a bunch of money or does he want to compete for a title? Again, you know, that's that's the decision he's making because it sounds like these teams, well, the Spurs obviously need to compete for a title there, but they're not going to probably give him a ton of money, probably not even much more than he would get from the Warriors. And that does take us to the San Antonio Spurs next. Now, the Spurs, they, they're angling to do something. What that something is, who knows? It sounds like it could have been a point guard. They were interested in Chris Paul, but he's off the market. Do Now they chase Kyle Lowry. Could they go after George Hill to bring him back to where his career started? How they helped free up some cap space. Paul Gasol opted out and David Lee opted out. Sounds like both of those guys have a wink-wink handshake deal where they'll be taken care of after the Spurs use their cap space and they'll bring those guys back um, on the roster. But if you had to pick Kyle Lowry or George Hill for the Spurs? George Hill. I like him better. He's a pop guy. Obviously, pop shed a tear when when they had to trade him for uh, the rights to uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, so I think he comes back and, and fits really well. I just I don't like Lowry in the in the Spurs system personally. Yeah, and that, and that's tough, right? Because Kyle Lowry is a guy who needs the ball in his hands a lot. With Kawhi Leonard, he's not going to have that as much. So it'll be interesting. You know, watch out for the Spurs. They got, they've got something going on. You know, they they always do. They're they're smarter than just about everybody out there. So they're going to come away with with a with a couple players here. And then Kyle Lowry's incumbent team, the Toronto Raptors. They're next up. They did fully guarantee Norman Powell. That was a no brainer. Great production on a really cheap contract there. And then they've really to decide, Lowry, Serge Ibaka, P.J. Tucker, as well as Patrick Patterson, how far are they going to extend to bring those guys back? So, Pete, I'm going to ask you really quickly, 
Tucker and Patterson, those are a little bit different. You know, we we could see you know them really sign for just about anything if other teams drive their markets up elsewhere. But Lowry and Ibaka, if you're the Toronto Raptors, what's the deal you'd give Lowry? What's the deal you'd give Serge Ibaka? Um, Lowry, I wouldn't give quite the max deal. Um, How many years for Lowry? Um, Four or five? I would give him four, no more than four. Um, Abaka, I would actually, I would give him the higher contract before I give it to Lowry. Lowry just has shown that he can't compete come playoff time, and, and that's worrisome. Um, and I think another team out there in free agency is going to throw a boatload of money, um, and Lowry's going to land elsewhere, and that's going to kind of leave Toronto, um, you know, without a, a lead point guard. But we'll have to see what happens. I like Abaka's fit with. Toronto long-term because defensively I think he helps and offensively um, gives them a different look and they could always move Valanchunas later if they if they need to. Yeah, you know, and I will say with um, Kyle Lowry, with Chris Paul going to the Rockets, Teague now rumored to the Timberwolves, that does put a little bit of pressure on Toronto because some will say, well, the market's drying up, but you can also look at it as Lowry's the last elite option left out there. Um, so we'll go with that. We already talked Utah. Utah's situation is they got to figure it out. Gordon, It's really Gordon Hayward or Bust. They, they should, no matter what comes, unless it gets really silly, match any offer sheet for Joe Ingles to bring him back. And that will wrap us up with the Washington Wizards. They did give qualifying offers to Otto Porter and Bojan Bogdanovic. Um, those are two guys. That they're going to let Trey Burke become an unrestricted free agent. Um, Porter, would you match a max offer sheet if one comes to him? I wouldn't do it, but they have to because they have no other choice. They're not yeah. going to have they're not going to have the ability to sign anybody um, to that level. I know John Wall wants Paul George, but that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I guess you just have to bite the bullet and, um, you know, go the max. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, you, do, you just don't have any other option there because you can't replace them. They're basically capped out if he walks away anyway. And then Bogdanovich, he could be somebody if they really say, you know what, we had to match a max offer sheet on Porter. We became a taxpaying team. We don't want to go on Bogdanovich. I think someone could steal him um, away from them. And, and we all know I love Bojan Bogdanovich. I think he's mm-hmm. you know fantastic guy who can help. But that was our quick NBA free agency whip around preview. We will be back back with more shows as signings solidify throughout the course of this week. NBA free agency kicks off. It's about a little bit after 9 o'clock here on the East Coast where Pete and I both are. Free agency kicks off in about three hours, a little bit less than that. I know Pete and I will be watching intently all the way as late as both of us can stay up. We both have young kids. So so don't, uh, don't fall Pete and I if we both crash early with young kids. That tends to happen. But Pete, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter. You can find me at Pete Toll NBA on Twitter. Um, always love to talk basketball, so you know, hit me up, give me a follow, and uh, I'll be glad to follow back and talk some NBA. Fantastic. And you can find me on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. And if you enjoy the show, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. We really would appreciate it, and it really does help the show out. And if you don't like the show, give me some feedback so I know what we can do better, how we can make this your one-stop shop for all things NBA transactions, roster building, salary cap, and CBA. Again, you can find me on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. This has been the NBA Front Office Show with Keith Smith. I was joined by Pete Toll tonight. We are part of the Almighty Baller Network, and we will talk to you next time.
Right now, an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Yeah. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know. Then you can save up for a, I don't know, a really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. All right, let's pull up over here and drop a line. Hey, your feet wet? My feet are wet. Here's the drain plug. You put the plug in the drain, right? Ah, it's on the dock. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. Ah, Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.